You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. It is Crystal Iram here. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be here speaking to you again. It has been a while. So it is now May of 2021, and I basically ended up taking an unexpected year-long hiatus. So obviously, I've got some great content to share with you, but I wanted to just give you a little update first. So as you all know, 2020 was a crazy, crazy year, right? Like we dealt with the pandemic. Obviously, no one could have anticipated that. And it was really crazy because it was like, when I sort of finished recording the podcast was right as that was getting really intense, right? Like I stopped recording last April, April of 2020. And it wasn't because of the pandemic, well, at least not entirely. It was for a, a more personal reason. So for any of you who don't follow me on Instagram or Facebook, if you're just listeners over here on the pod, then you wouldn't know this, but I actually had a baby. So I found out I was pregnant literally, well, not the day that things shut down, but right after, like right as the pandemic was picking up and everyone was going into lockdown and all of the stay-at-home orders and all of that craziness was when I found out I was pregnant. So it was just a lot going on for me mentally and emotionally, and I I didn't have my heart in the podcast. And that's really all it was, is I, I didn't have my heart in it. And not because my heart left the podcast, but because stuff was going on and I was distracted. And I was just, I didn't feel good half-assing it. And that's really what it felt like that I was that I was going to try to continue because it was something that I had started. And I like to do the things that I start, you know, it's like I like to follow through on things, but I really had to turn inwards. And it was such an interesting period for me because I had a condition which made it so that I was very sick for my entire pregnancy. Okay, it's like you've heard of morning sickness and a lot of women are like, oh, I had it really bad for the first three months, right? Like the first trimester. And, you know, in the movies, it's like... The woman pukes once and she sort of gently dabs her mouth and like that's the end of it, right? That was not my experience, okay? I was sick all day long, every single day for the entire pregnancy. It never eased up. I kept waiting for that time when I would feel a bit better and it just didn't. So, you know, it was a hard year for a lot of people, right? 2020 was very rough on a lot of people and I was no exception. It was hard on me. And I was still serving my clients and I was still serving my students, but I didn't have it in me to create as much content as I normally like to. So, you know, all's well that ends well. I gave birth to a really amazing baby girl on December 25th. And 
I mean, she's just the most amazing little human that I've ever met. And it was really interesting because, you know, when I was going through the pregnancy, I was so sick. I didn't have any motivation. I didn't feel connected with my purpose. I, I felt so just disconnected from everything and so drained. And people kept telling me, like, you're creating life. You're creating life. You know, give yourself a break. And I couldn't. I was being so hard on myself. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I like this anymore? Do I not enjoy my work anymore? I did not know what was going on. It was crazy. And then I had the baby, you know, I went through the newborn phase, which is madness, as all of you moms know, where it was like I couldn't even see straight. And then as soon as the fog lifted from the newborn stage, when you really just are getting no sleep at all, as soon as that passed, I was like, oh, my God, I miss working. (laughs) I miss talking. I miss talking to my people. I miss being as connected as I'm used to being. But, you know, obviously it's a big deal. Having a baby, it was a big life shift for me. So I wanted to make sure I had enough time to sort of get my life together, get things back in order before I returned to the podcast. But here we are, right? Is basically as, as soon as I could, I got back here so I could speak to all of you. And I am really excited for, you know, the upcoming season. I have a lot of great content planned. I have some great guests planned as well. And so it's just going to be really really incredible. You know, for those of you who have been listening to me for a while, thanks for coming back. I've missed you. And for those of you who are new, I'm really excited that you're here and I cannot wait to serve you. I hope you get a ton of great value from the podcast and definitely join me over on Instagram, you know, so that you can keep up with everything going on. Uh, So that's what's going on with me. That's my little life update. And that's all I got. So I'm going to stop babbling on now and dive into this week's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. This is Crystal Iram speaking. I am a love and dating coach. I work with smart, successful, spiritual women, and I help them call in love. And we do that by aligning energy mastering your mindset in dating with intention. And I want to cover some of the biggest mistakes um, that you're making in terms of your dating life that are keeping you single. This is going to be really good. I've got about five or six main things that I want to mention. And these are things that are very common, right? Like I always like to talk to as many women as possible. So these are things that you may not be doing all of them, but you're most likely doing some of them. So let's dive in. Number one, the first huge mistake that you may be making in dating that is keeping you single. You're heading into every date with very high expectations and a lot of demands, right? You're going into the first date and you're like, it needs to go this particular way. He needs to treat me this particular way. He needs to show up in this way. And you have all of these expectations. You are meant to have high standards. Okay, I want you to have high standards. And before you enter into a relationship with someone, you should make sure that it is someone who is aligned with what you really desire. But on a first date, on a second date, you don't owe anyone and no one owes you. So if you're going in with all these expectations that he has to now live up to, you're not setting yourself up for success. You're setting yourself up more for disappointment. Okay, so just show up, show up look good, smell good, have a great time, be yourself, and don't have so many expectations, okay? If you go in to the date and you realize this isn't a fit, 
I don't like this guy. I don't like the way that he acts. He doesn't treat me the way that I want to be treated. Don't go out with him again, right? Don't go out with him again. In fact, if it's really bad, you can leave early. There's no rule about how long you have to stay on a date with someone. But you don't want to go in with the mindset of like, this is what needs to happen. This is what I'm expecting, right? Release some of the expectations, okay? I've spoken about this before, but it's really important that you keep your standards high and your expectations low. The second one. Now, this often happens when, the second one that I'm about to mention, this often happens when we've met someone online or someone has set us up and we have sort of decided like, oh, I already like this guy before we've even met him, okay? Like, you're already sort of identifying him a little bit. So what you what do you do? What do women do in this situation? They try to control the way that he sees them. You're trying to control how he sees you. This is a very, very common thing that comes up that we don't want you to do. When you're trying to control how he sees you, you're not going to be your most authentic self. You're not going to be your most confident self because you're thinking, how is he perceiving me? The other big problem with focusing on controlling the way that he sees you is you're not taking the time to see how do you actually feel about him? How do you actually feel about him? Like when you're thinking so much about how can I make sure he likes me? How can I impress him? That can really get in the way of that. So don't try to control how he sees you. You always want to think about going on every date and being the highest and best version of yourself right? Like you always just want to go in with the mindset that like, I'm going to be the best me. I'm going to be my most confident, my most authentic, my most passionate, my most energized by life self. And if someone loves that, then great. That's someone that there's potential with. And if they don't love that, then onward and upward, that's not your person. When you're trying to control how another person sees you, when you're trying to manufacture a persona When you're trying to be seen in a particular way, it's like you're manipulating the situation. And at some point, the jig is going to be up, okay? Like at some point, you're going to be your real self and he's going to see that and you want to be with someone who likes that rather than someone who's like, oh, this is totally different than what I thought it was because you've been acting completely different. You've been thinking so much about how he sees you that you haven't been real, okay? You want to be authentic, Authenticity is one of the most attractive things that someone can be when you're dating. And you got to think about it like when you go out with a guy who's really insecure and who's like obsessed with you, but is not being relaxed, who's acting all like nervous and just trying to like please you, right? And it's like, of course you want a man who's going to please you, but not someone who's like groveling at your feet, right? It's not attractive, It doesn't make you feel like you're with someone who has control within their own life. It's like a desperate energy. So you're not desperate. You're an amazing catch. So you don't want to come across that way. Number three, you are believing in lack. Okay, this is a huge, 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 huge mistake. This is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make in your love life in general. And it is insanely common. It like blows my mind how common it is. You're believing in lack right? You go on a date with someone and you're already feeling like, how am I going to, like, I'm never going to meet someone else like this, right? Like he's tall, dark, and handsome and he has a good job and he has a nice car. Like I got to get him. He has to be the one. 
Or sometimes you don't even make it to the date, right? Like you're talking to a guy online and he doesn't follow up with the date and you're so disappointed. You're like, oh my God, I really was hoping I was going to get to see him. I was really excited. I just felt like there was something really special there. I can't let this one go, right? And like you're forgetting that there's more that is possible because you're believing in lack. When you're focusing on lack, you cannot see that more is possible because you're focusing on lack. Whatever is present, the opposite is also present. So when you're seeing in your love like lack of man, lack of relationship that I want, you have to understand that the relationship is also present and available, okay? I talk about law of polarity sometimes. I don't want to go into it per se in this room. I was going to keep this a little bit more practical, but I guess the manifestation stuff always sort of sneaks itself in because that's where my head is. But it's like it's always available. The abundance is available. And if you're not seeing that, if you're going into dates expecting that you're not going to see that, it's not going to show up for you. Okay. You know, and I think the other thing that's really important to keep in mind about this related to this is that you want to make sure that you're focusing on the aspects that are relevant to you. So here's what I mean. There are certain things that can be true, like certain things that might be true about men, for example, where it's like that might be a truth. And if you're generalizing, that is going to be true more often than not. And it may not have any relevance to your life. Okay, so what do I mean by that? In general, men want women that are younger than they are. So is that true? Yes, that's true. Most men do want women who are younger than they are. Does that mean in 100% of the cases, if you're a certain age, you're not going to meet a man who's younger than you? No. But a lot of women, they latch on to things like that and it really blocks them. They're doing it about something that they feel bad about. So for example, Women who are 40 or 41, they will hear this truth that men in their 40s are more likely to go after a woman who's like 29 or 30 or 31. So is it true that men who are 40, 41, 42 may be with women who are in their 20s and early 30s? Yes, that is true. But it's not true in 100% of the cases, right? It's not always going to be true. And it doesn't have to be relevant to your life. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Like another way of thinking about it would be, are there men that only like to date blonde women? Yes, it is true. It is true that there are men who only date blonde women. And I, as a woman who's dating, could focus in on that. I could say men only like blonde women. And I could start feeling really bad about myself because that's not me. Like, that's not me. That's not my appearance. And so if I'm focusing on men only like blonde women, men only like blonde women, men only like blonde women, I'm going to feel real bad about myself. I'm going to be very discouraged. It's going to be very hard for me to find what I want because I'm focusing on a truth that is not relevant to my life. It's not to say that men do not like blonde women. Some men do and some men don't. It's where is my focus and energy going? If I say I'm only attracted to men who like blonde women, then I'm setting myself up for failure, right? (laughs) And so it's like the same thing that comes up with age or with any other physical characteristic. You know, do more men like women who are in good shape physically? Yes, that is true. Does that mean that overweight women do not 
meet great men. No, it doesn't. But you have to focus on the ones where you can still be a match. If you're only going after men who are like, I like women who are very in shape, very slim, very thin, then it's going to feel really hurtful and disappointing. And you're going to start feeling like, well, I don't get to have the love that I want. I'm not worthy of love. And none of that part is true. So that was a little bit more of a tangent than I expected to go on. But it really is about focusing on the abundance of what's available and not focusing on things that may be true, but that do not have to hold relevance for you and your life and what you're calling it. Okay, number four, you are devastated if he doesn't call. You went on a first date with someone, you had a great time, you felt a great connection, but then you don't hear from him and you're devastated. You're, you're not just like, oh, bummer, that was fun. You're like, oh my God, what is happening? How is this the case? And then three weeks later and three months later, you're still thinking about him and you're like, how can this be? Why didn't he call? We had such a good time. He said he was going to call. Like he told me that he had a good time. He told me that he was going to call. What happened? What happened was you started over-identifying. That's all that happened is you started over-identifying. Okay, when you go out with someone once, twice, three times, it doesn't need to mean so much. If you're both on the same page and it means a lot to both of you, then fine, onward and upward, enjoy. But do not identify. So, okay, I say this in pretty much every room I have, but I'm going to keep saying it because this is the thing that so many women don't get. Like, you cannot identify. Practicing non-identification is going to be everything. Okay? Number five, you're unwilling to see things differently. So here's what I mean by that. If you have certain beliefs about relationships and you are not willing to shift them or see things differently, or believe things differently, you are going to get very stuck. An example of this would be, online dating doesn't work for me. I I don't believe online dating works. And you're not willing to question the belief that you have, right? Anything that you're holding on to, where you're gripping it really tightly, and you're like, this has to be the truth, where it's a conviction, but it's not a conviction that is supporting you and creating what you want, It's holding you back, right? So it's good to have convictions. Like that's a great thing. But you want to be willing to question any conviction that you hold that is not aligned with what you truly desire to create. So if I have a conviction that there are amazing men available, that every man that I go out with is going to treat me like gold, that there is an abundance, that it's just up to me to choose, that all I have to do is show up, look good, and smell good, those are convictions that I'm going to hold on to because those are going to support me on my journey. If I am having convictions that men are jerks, that every date I have is just going to lead to disappointment, that it is not worth blowing out my hair and putting on perfume and going out to meet someone because every date that I go on is a waste of time, those are things that you're going to want to question. You have to be willing to see things differently if you want to experience things differently. If you want to keep experiencing things exactly as you have before, then leave your thoughts as they are. But then don't complain when nothing changes because nothing changes if you don't change. Nothing changes if you don't change, okay? The mirror doesn't smile before you do, right? The mirror principle, we talk about this. I talk about this all the time. You are the image and the world is the mirror. The world is the reflection, 
So if you want to experience something different in your love life, you have to make those changes internally first. You have to shift your beliefs. You have to shift your convictions and you have to shift the way that you see yourself, that you see dating and that you see men. So that all of that is aligned with what you want to create. Once you do that, things can shift really easily. You don't even have to think about it. It just happens. Okay, so my last one that I was going to say, the last huge mistake. And this, these are, okay, this is not a, a conclusive list, okay? There are other mistakes. These are the ones I felt like talking about today. Some of these are not ones that I've spoken about before. The last one, though, it's holding your past against your present. If you go into dates and you're thinking that every man is going to act just like your ex, that's what's going to happen. Every man is not your ex. If you find that you keep coming up with the same patterns over and over again and every man kind of is like your ex, it's because there's a pattern within you that needs to shift. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of men in the world, a lot of single men, a lot of high quality single men in your city that could potentially be great fits for you. And they are very different people. So if men are showing up for you the same way, it's a pattern within you that they are reflecting right? It's a pattern within you. So you get to shift, right? It's back to the mirror principle. The mirror doesn't smile before you do. So if you want to experience something different, if you find that some of these patterns are coming up, that's when I would take the time to evaluate what's going on with me. Why am I calling in these same situations? Now, sometimes you're just going to have like a fluke, a weird situation, right? Where it's like, it just happens once. That is not the same. If it only happens once, then it just happens once. What we have to look at is when it seems like the same guy is showing up over and over again, where there is a clear pattern of behavior. There's a clear pattern of behavior that you're seeing over and over again, and you're sort of expecting that now because it keeps happening. You know, if the last three guys that you went out with all ghosted you, that's a pattern. If the last three guys that you dated all cheated on you, that's a pattern. If the last few guys that you went out with all came on really strong and then said, actually, I don't want a relationship, that's a pattern. If you think everyone you've been out with is a narcissist, that's a pattern, right? So whenever we're seeing patterns like that, you want to see like, where is this coming from? You don't want to just keep dating people willy-nilly without taking the time to examine the patterns, to upgrade the pattern so that you can call in something different. Okay, but if you do the work around your patterns and you're calling in really high quality men and you're dating high quality men, then don't go in with the suspicions that you held with your ex. Right. If you go into date saying this is what my ex-boyfriend did, so I'm afraid that you're going to do that. That's not cute. Like, don't do that. Right. I think a lot of women make this mistake and they say, I have my walls up. You know, it's really hard for me to open up. I'm just, I have a hard time being vulnerable. I don't know where the shtick came from. I think it's part of this, you know, dumbass lie that we've started to believe that men, you know, that women have to be independent and men don't want women that, you know, actually need them. And it's like, it's not serving us. It's not serving you. If that's something that you believe in, like, let that go. Okay. Let it go. It's not true. It's not the truth. Okay. You don't want to go in thinking that every man is going to show up the same. It doesn't feel good to them. And it's not going to feel good if they do the same to you, right? Like you're going to want to leave. Like you'd walk out if you're just meeting someone and they're holding all of their ex's transgressions against you. Oh, I was talking about, um, you know, being guarded and, you know, saying that you're afraid of being vulnerable. Listen, everyone is afraid of being hurt. Everyone. Everyone is afraid of being hurt. 
So you putting that out as if that makes you special, as if that is the kind of challenge that he should have to overcome, like it doesn't make you special. I'm sorry, like that is not special. That is, if that's the only thing that's special about you, you need to do some real self-examination and figure out what actually is special about you because your fear of getting hurt does not make you special. And it's not leading towards what you want if that's what you're starting with, where it's like, oh, I'm really afraid of getting hurt. Why are you even bringing that energy into the beginning of a relationship? right? It's like you're putting so much focus on it and such emphasis. It's like you're telling the universe, universe, I am the heartbreak queen. Every time I meet someone, I am heartbroken. I'm going to keep going, but I'm terrified. And I'm going to make sure this brand new guy knows it right from the beginning. He knows what he's supposed to do. All these other guys have broken my heart. Now he knows that he gets to do it too. Of course you're scared. Everyone is afraid of being hurt. It doesn't feel good. We don't want that. That's not what anyone wants to experience. It doesn't make you special though, and it's not worth leading with. Better to lead with, I'm loving my life. I'm creating what I want. I know that I'm worthy of love. I know that I deserve love. I'm keeping my expectations low and my standards high. I know that my person is getting close. He's here. I just don't see him yet. I'm so excited to see how things unfold. Okay, so let's start with the where do you meet the men? First of all, you have, like, everyone should be dating online. Last year, 2020, more couples met online than any other way. The same applied in 2019 and the same applied in 2018. And that's going to be the same going forward. Okay, the future of dating is going to continue being online. It's just, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Different apps may come and go. Different things may become trendy with that, but that is something that is here. So I'm not going to make a suggestion about one because you have to see what makes sense for you, okay? There's no one where it's like, this is the one where people get married, okay? Statistically speaking, the highest number of engagements came from Tinder, Okay, and that's because it's a numbers game. I mean, it's not a numbers game, but when you're talking about volume, there's more people on Tinder than anything else. I personally never use Tinder, so I'm I I cannot personally speak to it, but I know for a fact that people get married from Tinder. I know for a fact that people get married from Bumble, from Hinge, from Only Farmers, from eHarmony, from JSwipe, from all of the things. So it's not about saying like this is the one and this is not the one. Okay? See what you like. Like, if you can find one where, like, going on is more pleasant for you, then that's the one you should be using. That's the one where you would put your time. Okay? I personally had a bias against Bumble. I was like, I don't want any lazy lions. To me, if I'm a dude and and I'm a lazy dude, I'm going on Bumble because the girl has to start the conversation. Do people get married from Bumble? They do. I think Bumble was, like, the second most engagements came from Bumble. So I can have my personal bias, and I didn't use it, and that's fine. But that doesn't mean that it's not effective. So there are my thoughts on that. It's really whatever one you like. I hope this served you well. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you back here, same time, same place, talking about something else. Fantastic. All right. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.